0: We have been going through a series that I've titled What We Believe. I've been trying to use this first part of 2020 to get us all on the same page in terms of what we believe, because what we believe affects what we do and why we do it. So, um, we've been focusing on four primary doctrines, core beliefs that we have here at Christian Life Fellowship. The very first Sunday of the year, we talked about Jesus being our Savior, that we believe Christ Jesus paid the price for every man's forgiveness and every man's freedom when He died for mankind on the cross and was raised from the dead for us. We believe that now, as a church, we should be calling out to men everywhere, in Kalira and around the world, we should be calling out to people everywhere, turn to God and be saved. Be saved. Be saved from yourself, which is what Crystal talked about earlier, that she's our own worst enemy and also be saved from the judgment that's coming. So, we, all, we believe that Jesus is our Savior. That motivates what we do and what we preach and what we teach. We also believe that Jesus is our healer. We believe that Christ's atonement provides healing not just for our souls, but also for our minds and our bodies too. We pray in faith and we trust Jesus to heal us now. We trust Him to heal us instantaneously and supernaturally if that's what He chooses to do. But if healing doesn't come now, we believe that one day, one day we will be ultimately and completely healed forever when we see Jesus face to face. Which we're going to talk about the second coming and I don't know about you, but I long for the day where I don't feel the aches and the pains of this body and I long for the day when I don't struggle with sin anymore. Anybody with me? Jesus is coming again. We're getting there. Third, we also believe that Jesus is our baptizer. We believe that the Bible teaches that Jesus will baptize us in His Holy Spirit. And He will give us power to be more and to do more than we ever dreamed possible for His glory. That we can walk in the works of Christ Jesus. We can do the ministry of Christ today on the earth because He wants us to experience and live in the power of the Holy Spirit just as He did. So it's a gift that we understand to be given freely and generously to anyone who will ask Him for it and receive it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, I I'm tired of walking in weakness. I want to walk in power. I want to do the good works that Christ has prepared in advance for me to do. I want to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Well, today, I want to tell you about this last of the four core truths that we believe. And it's this truth that drives us. It's this truth that affects our lives. It's this truth that motivates what we do. Everything about us. Who we are, what we do. We believe with all of our hearts that Jesus is our soon-coming King. We believe that Jesus is coming again. Now, how many of you have heard that all your life? You've seen the guy with the post... Poster board on his chest and on his back. Walking in in downtown Birmingham. Jesus is coming again. Get ready. There was a guy on the corner that used to do that, actually, when I was... uh, Is he still there? I don't know. I worked downtown Birmingham for a while, currying law documents. Not the same guy, but somebody has taken up that. (laughs) He used to be there, and I'd I'd shake his hand and... Anyway, it was, uh, we believe that. I know you've all heard this before. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus is coming again. But let me tell you something. To us, it's just not talk. It's truth. He's coming again. Let me tell you why we believe He's coming again. Because we believe what the Bible has to say. And this is what the Bible says about His coming. And there's a lot to cover, and we're not going to cover it all. Trust me. Books have been written about it. Movies have been made. And some of them are really cheesy movies that don't do us any good. We get some false ideas from some of those movies. But here's statistically speaking, what the Bible has to say about Christ's second coming. The Bible repeatedly promises us that Christ Jesus is coming again. There are 1,845 references to it in the Old Testament. As we go through the story, those of you who are going through the story with me, how many of you have been surprised by the number of times it's mentioned throughout the Old Testament that Christ is coming a second time? been surprised at that 17 of the Old Testament books give it prominence in their teaching and in the New Testament 23 of the 27 New Testament books refer to Christ coming again 23 out of 27 one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament a total of 318 verses tell us that Christ Is coming again. You need to know this. The Bible speaks about Christ's second coming eight times more than it does His first coming. How many of you believe Jesus did come the first time? Born as a baby in the manger. Well, you ought to believe eight times more than that that He's coming again the second time. That's a truth that ought to affect your life. It's a truth you ought to live by. Your life ought to be lived in the light of His soon return. We believe the Bible, so we believe that Jesus is indeed coming again. Now today, look, I don't want to get into the details of how He's coming or what it might look like when He comes. There are all kinds of different theories about what that's going to look like. And so many of us got it wrong the first time He came. They were looking for a king. They were looking for you know, a guy with a sword in his hand coming to wreak judgment against the Romans and he came instead as a tiny baby in a manger and only a few really understood what was going on. So I'm, I'm here to tell you that there are a lot of theories about how the events might all play out. When does the rapture actually happen? Before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, or after the tribulation? I'm telling you, we could talk about that and I've got some personal Uh, beliefs about that, but I don't want to focus on that. As a matter of fact, if you're interested in that kind of thing, John is going to be leading a class later this year, taking us through the book of Revelation and how those end time events might actually transpire, but that's not what what I want to do today. All I want to do today is share with you, what will the second coming of Christ be like? I want to lay out for you what we mean when we say Christ Jesus is coming again. And I want us to go to the book of Acts to do it. Acts chapter 1. The first 11 verses of the book of Acts. We're going to focus on Acts 1, 10, and 11. Just two verses out of it. But if you will, read this little passage of Scripture with me. And let's find out what we mean when we say Christ Jesus is coming again. It starts this way. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. He's speaking about the book of Luke. Until the day He was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles He had chosen. After after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles He had chosen. After His suffering, He presented Himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while He was eating with them, He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift My Father promised, which you have heard Me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our baptizer. Amen? Amen. Then they gathered around Him, the disciples, and asked Him, and this is a question we all ask. Lord, are You at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Lord, is it now that You're going to come again? Is it right now that You intend to break those that that eastern sky in half and return to earth. And He said to them, and He's saying to us, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After He said this, He was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid Him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as He was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Listen carefully to what they say. Men of Galilee. Men and women of Calera, Alabama. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen Him go into heaven. The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen Him go into heaven. He's coming again. Let's pray. Father, I love You and I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for its power. I thank You for its instruction. Lord, I ask You today to drive home to our hearts the reality, the truth that You are coming again. You're coming again for a prepared people. A people who are ready. A people who are eagerly doing the will of the Lord as we wait and hope for the second coming. Father, there may be some people in this room that haven't yet realized the truth that You're coming back. Maybe their lives have drifted away from the promise and the hope of heaven and the glory to come. I pray today's message would realign them with Your will and plan for their life. I pray that this opportunity to talk about Your second coming would cause all of us to examine ourselves to see whether or not we are ready for You should You come today. We don't know the time or the hour. The Father alone knows that. But You've called us to be prepared in the light of Your soon return. Are we ready? Are we eagerly awaiting? Has our hope been set on your return and the kingdom that's coming with you when you come. Father, help us today with, through the Word, through the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to search our own hearts today to make sure we're ready should you come. We'll give you the glory and the praise for it, Lord. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive this Word and to put it into practice that we might glorify Your name through our good works. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let me tell you three things that we mean when we say Christ Jesus is coming again. First, we believe that Christ's coming will be personal. It will be personal. He will come back Himself. This isn't a metaphor. It's not imagination. It's not a dream that's going to happen. We believe Christ Jesus is coming back personally acts one eleven 11 says it so clearly this same jesus say it with me this same jesus this same jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the say it with me same way you have seen him go into heaven notice that luke uses the word same twice in this one verse and this is a clue that tells us something crucial about this second coming the same Jesus who left will one day return and he's going to return the same way he left. Now one of the main you might want to just jot this down in your notes really because I'm afraid some of us don't fully understand this. One of the main rules for Bible interpretation is to take the plain meaning of the text at face value. We tend to spiritualize everything. Make it what it really does make it say what it really doesn't say, but one of the main Bible interpretation rules you follow is that you take the plain meaning of the text at face value. And if plain English has any value at all, then verse 11 teaches us beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus is coming back. And He's coming back personally. He's coming back literally. He's coming back visibly. And He's coming back physically. He's coming back. The same Jesus. The same Jesus is coming back again. And you could probably add to that because of verse 9, that He's coming back suddenly and unexpectedly. The Gospels talk about Him coming back like a thief in the night. I don't know a thief that knocks on the door and asks if He can come in. He just comes in. He's coming back suddenly and unexpectedly too. Verse 9 says that He was taken up. Taken up before their eyes without any warning at all. He's coming back. The same Jesus is coming back the same way. Now, I don't know about you. This, this just causes me to pause for a minute. It just causes me to step back and think about what it's going to be like when this same, I mean, think about this for just a minute. The same Jesus who was born as a baby in Bethlehem, you believe that? is the same Jesus that's coming back for you and me. The same Jesus who grew up in Nazareth, he's coming back for us. The same Jesus who turned water into wine is coming again. The same Jesus who who walked on that water, He's coming again. The same Jesus who healed those ten lepers is coming again. The same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead is coming again, and we'll be resurrected. Woo! The same Jesus who died on the cross as the payment for our sins, He's coming again. The same Jesus who rose from the dead, walked out of that grave to prove that we've been made right with God, He's coming again. You're going to see Jesus. You're going to be able to feel the the nail scars in His hands. You're going to be able to look into His eyes. You're going to be able to fall at His feet and give Him the worship that He deserves. The same Jesus is coming again. Y'all don't look too enthused about that, but I'm pretty stoked. I have read about this Jesus all of my life and suddenly my faith will become sight. And I'll see the King that I have worshiped it seems like sometimes I've worshipped Him from a great distance. But I'm going to be up close and personal with the personal Jesus. Y'all, I'm stoked. I wish He'd come today. <laughs> so when we say that Jesus is coming again, this is what we're saying. The actual, historical Jesus Christ who lived 2,000 years ago is coming again. Personally, literally, visibly and physically. And you know why it's coming? He's not coming back as some spiritual ghost. He's coming back as a real person because He says in John fourteen three, I will come back and take you to be with Me that you also may be where I am. We get to live with it, man. We get to live with this personal Jesus in a personal way, forever and ever. You guys understand this. There is a man sitting on the throne of heaven today. Oh, so y'all, y'all don't, you need to go home and meditate on that one just a little bit. Jesus doesn't understand what I'm going through. He doesn't feel my pain. He doesn't know how I'm suffering. Yeah, the, the king sitting on the throne of heaven today is a man who was tested and tried and suffered like every one of us. When you go to Him in prayer, He knows. He knows what you're feeling. and He knows the struggle you're in. And He knows the heartache. He knows where you're at. So when you pray to Him, He knows exactly how to address the need in your life. You get that? That same Jesus is coming back. You're looking at me with a quizzical look. You good with that? We're going to have to talk after the service? Okay, I just want to make sure. I'm telling you, it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. <laughs> That's right. And many people find it impossible to believe. But I'm telling you, there no event is more certain in the light of inspired Scripture than this event. Jesus Christ is coming again. Remember, the Bible speaks about it eight times more. Than it did His first coming. If you believe in His first coming, you believe there was a little baby born in a manger, you can believe there's going to be a king from glory who comes again. Anyway, all right, keep going. We believe that His coming will be personal. We believe that His coming will be glorious. Glorious. Verse 9 says, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid Him from their sight. It wasn't just a little cirrus cloud or whatever you call them. What, What are some of the other clouds that are out there The weathermen... Cumulus, there you go, cumulus cloud. It wasn't just a little pretty cumulus cloud that looked like a little sheep carrying... No, this was a cloud of glory. This was the cloud. This wasn't an ordinary cloud. This was the same cloud that led Israel in the wilderness that you read about in the book of Exodus. It was this cloud that represents the glory of God. Luke 21-27 says, When Jesus comes back, He will come in a cloud with power and glory. Thank you, Trudy. Trudy's getting it. Trudy's getting it. Now, maybe, I, I don't, you know, gosh, I, I think sometimes we're so far removed from those events that occurred 2,000 years ago, we've kind of lost the wonder and the majesty and the awe of it. So, so maybe the best way to understand what I mean when I say that His coming again will be glorious is to compare what it was like with His first coming. Let's compare the first coming of Jesus with the second coming. okay? And then maybe we'll begin to understand what we're talking about when we talk about His coming again being so glorious. In the first coming, Jesus came to the world unnoticed. Baby born in the manger. Just another baby. Just another baby. Well, in the second coming... Revelation 1-7 says, look, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him. As a matter of fact, you won't be able to take your eyes off of Him. Right now, it's easy to get distracted and get your eyes off Jesus, but when He shows up this time, you won't be able to take your eyes off of Him. In the first coming, Jesus humbled Himself to be born as that baby in a manger. Well, in the second coming, he returns as the king of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everybody's going to recognize this king. Philippians 2:10 and 11 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. How many? Every. And every tongue confess. Now, you, can, you, you, you get to make the choice. Do I bow my knee at His throne today? Or will I have to wait until I see Him again before I bow my knee? But you're going to bow your knee one day. And your mouth is going to confess Him as the Lord. You get to choose, do I do that today? And I hope that you do. Because life gets a whole lot better when you see Him as the King of your life. But one day, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue's going to acknowledge that Christ Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In the first coming, Christ suffered. He suffered the cross to provide salvation for us. Well, in the second coming, He doesn't come to suffer. He comes to rule and to reign over us. Psalm 96.13 says, Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for He comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. He came the first time to suffer and make make a way for us to be reconciled to God. But when He comes the second time, He doesn't come to suffer. He comes to reign and to rule and to judge. And those who love Him will judge with Him and will reign and rule with Him. Whose side you on today? Are you ready for Him to get here today? Are you ready? Is your heart ready? Your mind ready? He's coming again. He's coming in glory. In the first coming, Christ came as the Lamb of God. Yeah. <laughs> Led like a lamb to a slaughter. When He comes again, not as a lamb, He's coming as a lion. I can't help but think of the Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Roar! and the whole world shakes when Aslan roars. <sighs> <laughs> oh man! Can you just see the enemies of God tremble when Jesus shows up, man? <laughs> Woo! Glory, glorious. When we speak of Christ's first coming, we think of humility. But when we think of His second coming, the Bible tells us you better be thinking of glory. His second coming will be glorious. It will be victorious. It will be triumphant and it will be marvelous. This same Jesus who was once despised and rejected of men, will come again in power and in glory to reign and rule forever and ever and ever, and His rule will never end. You better get in His kingdom now. Now's the time to make the choice to surrender to this King and let Him have your, His way in your life. Why do you want to wait? Third his coming is imminent. It's personal. It's glorious. But when he comes, his coming is imminent. That means it, it could happen at any time. It could happen at any time. We haven't gotten there yet. But when we get to the, to the New Testament in our in our story that we're doing on Wednesday nights, you won't be able to read the New Testament. Without thinking that these people believed that Christ Jesus was going to return at any moment, and he certainly was going to return in their generation. The people, those early Christians, lived with a constant expectation that today could be the day when Christ returns. And let me tell you something if they believed that back then, then how much more should we believe it today? Read the New Testament for yourself. This idea of Christ's return being imminent, just, it, it reverberates throughout the New Testament. Matthew 24, 42. Jesus tells His disciples, therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Could be today. Could be tomorrow. But you better live as if it's today. Hebrews 10, 36-37. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised for in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. Persevere. What do we say around here all the time? Walk it out. I like knowing there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I like knowing that this life And its suffering and its pain and its turmoil and its hardships will one day come to an end. Walk it out. Walk it out. He's coming again. That's the light at the end of the tunnel for us. That's what Titus refers to as the blessed hope of his return. Some of you guys are in pretty tough situations right now. I understand that. Some of us have. Uh, you know our bodies are not as healthy as they used to be or as we wish they were. We're struggling, some of us, with sin and temptation still. Some of us, we, we, we feel so removed, alienated from our own families here on, on the earth, and we don't know if it's ever going to be right, made right again. Some of us are in some really dark situations and circumstances, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming again. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Keep walking it out. See, he gets to write the end of the story. He gets to write the end of the story, and he already has. Go to the book of Revelation. We win. The suffering ends. The sickness is over. Death itself is completely removed. Listen. Keep walking this thing out, man. Keep walking it out. He's coming. And he will not delay one moment He'll come when the time's right. You keep walking it out in the meantime, trusting Christ in all the ups and downs of this life. You might be in a tunnel right now, but look, that tunnel's going to come to an end when Jesus Christ returns. 1 Peter 4.7 says, The end of all things is near. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. I could stop on each one of these verses and preach, but I'm not going to. You guys need to go home and meditate. What does it mean when when Peter says the end of all things is near? All those things, those idols that we get distracted by, those things that we chase in this this world, the the, the money and the the, the popularity and the power, those things that we set our minds on thinking, if I can just get that, I'll be happy. Guess what? All that stuff goes away. It means nothing. The only thing that counts is Christ Jesus. So keep your focus on Christ Jesus. Anyway. Let me move on. A lot of stuff. My mind's going 90 to nothing. You guys don't want me in all these rabbit trails. First John 4.7 says, Dear children, this is the last hour. They wrote that 2,000 years ago. This is the last hour. Guess what? We're in the last hour. If that was the last hour, by golly, we're in the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. And I'm telling you, the spirit of Antichrist is everywhere everywhere and who is it it's not about a who it's a what there are so many things in this world people and 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 other things that are trying to pull us away from jesus christ trying to call us to follow them and fall in love with them instead of jesus that's the spirit of the antichrist and it's everywhere i've never seen it like i do today Back in the day, there seemed to be a purity of heart and mind among, the, among followers of Jesus Christ. We used to sing songs all the time that Jesus was coming again. When was the last time you really sang a song about His coming? I think we've become a little jaded. Which means that we can be easily distracted. Falling in love with things that really don't matter. Chasing things that in, when it's all said and done mean nothing at all. This is the last hour. Look. Let me go on. I don't, I don't need to look for any particular signs to tell me that Jesus Christ is coming again. I don't have to look for any particular signs. All i got to do is look to Scripture. And the Scripture tells me beyond a shadow of it out, Jesus is coming again, and it could be today. It could be today. So I need to live this life in the light of that truth. I need to live my life watching for it. Anticipating it. Expecting it. Longing for it. Desiring the hope that it brings me. Living in the hope that it brings me. For these light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. You might say it's been 2,000 years and I'm tired of waiting. I've heard that before. Maybe God's forgotten about us. Maybe His plans have changed. And I'd say if that's the way you feel, then you need to go to 2 Peter chapter 3. Let me just read a couple of verses from there. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. But he wants everyone to repent. I want you to, th- again, this is a verse, a couple verses you need to go home and meditate on. The first thing I want to point out is this that God doesn't count time like we do. You know, we're creatures of time. Um, we see everything in terms of time. God is above and beyond time. It means time means nothing to him. From God's perspective, If he counts one day as a thousand years, from his perspective then, Jesus has only been gone about two days. (laughs) But God is faithful to His promises. Every promise He's made us is yes and amen in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. You can take it to the bank. Jesus Christ is coming again. He's coming again when God says it's time for Him to come for us. God never forgets His promises to us. He will fulfill all of His promises He's made to us, including this one. So we may not know when Christ is coming. We may not understand all the details, but we can carry it to the bank. Jesus Christ is coming again. Alright? We even have a reason. He's being patient with us. I believe there's probably somebody in this room. The Lord's been patient with you. And He keeps waiting for you to turn to Him and trust Him. You haven't taken advantage of the opportunities you've had to this point to bow your knee at His throne and confess Him as the Lord of your life. Well, guess what? He's being patient with you. you got another day. Another day for a fresh start. Another day for a new life. Another chance to surrender. To make things right with Him before the return. This is your chance. Being patient. I'll, Reading through the Bible, you can't help but notice that that is one of God's primary qualities, is patience. He's so unbelievably patient. offers us chance after chance after chance, warns us again and again and again. Well, for some of you, today's a warning, get ready. For some of you, today is a word of hope. The story's not over yet. He's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And Micah, I'm going to throw this on you, and I'm sorry to do it today. I should have talked to you before. I want you guys to start off with, I can only imagine But if you guys, as they prepare to play, we're going to worship the Lord. The altars are going to be open. This truth is so important to us as a church. And let me just point out a couple reasons why it's so important that we fully buy into this truth and what Scripture says about Christ's return. First of all, as a church, we are to proclaim His coming. We are to proclaim his coming. We are to urge people everywhere to be ready for his return. We are to urge people everywhere to repent now of their sins and turn to Christ in faith and believe in him as the king and the lord of their life because there's coming a day when that opportunity will be over. When he comes again, there will be no other second chances. Today is the day of salvation.